following podcast contains adult content. It is not suitable for minors, professional settings, or the faint of heart. Foreplay Goes South is open mic storytelling. Hosted monthly by Metanoia, attendees share their intimate, sultry, salacious tales. The stories you're about to hear are recorded live at Petra's in the historic Plaza Midwood, Charlotte, North Carolina. Whether or not you've been able to attend a live event lately, you may or may not know that I've been collaborating with the Flamingo Review, a burlesque troupe here in Charlotte, North Carolina. At my February and March live event, I gave away tickets to their Ides of March performance at the Visualite. And on May 17th, I'm going to do it again. So come on out to Petra's and check out some live storytelling. Potentially win a pair of tickets to the Flamingo Review comic strip at The Visualite. Now let's hear some stories. Up first, I've got Lainey gracing my stage for the first time. So I'm not going to hold the mic, because uh, I am a fourth-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> so I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite lovers. Um, it's been about four or five years ago. Unfortunately, he has moved away to get his dream job, so I can't, can't uh, wish him ill will or anything. So I thought I'd share one of my favorite memories so we can live on with you guys too. So we would see each other about twice a month. The first time we would meet, we would actually have real lunch and talk, which was kind of nice. And we would discuss about when we wanted to meet next and where, and any ideas that we had that we wanted to play out. Because why not, right? So about seven, eight months in, um, he goes to me, he's like, I think I'm ready for you to dominate me. Now he's a switch. And I affectionately call him hot mess <laughs> all the time in my head, because he really is hot and such a mess. His life is like, did you forget your keys? Kind of mess. But I was like, okay, I've got a month to plan this out. I've got this. Now the cool thing that we would do, and I highly recommend because it was so exciting, is every month we were at a different hotel, usually uptown. And most of the time, I will admit, he did make the arrangements, and I loved it. But this time, since I'm taking control, I got this. Get an Airbnb, right? Because we are digging out the crazy sounds. <laughs> so I've got time to think it out. I've got my toys. He brings his toys. We compare. How is it going to work into my frame of mind that I've got things going. And so, of course, you've got to get naked, right? Because, I mean, why have that level with all this stuff we've got to get through with clothes on? So I've got him naked, leaning against up a brick wall in this Airbnb. When I got to put a blindfold on. So, of course, I step back because it's gorgeous. Just gorgeous. And I will admit, it's been a few years, so the details are a little fuzzy, but I know that I planned five whipping sessions. 
I have a beautiful heavy flogger, nice thuddy, warm the body up kind of thing. So I start with that. And you get into a good rhythm and you watch them, ex you know, respond. We had already <coughs> talked about, well, not really safe words because I know I wasn't going to get many words out of them. But <laughs> hand gestures. Like if you are up there, what are you going to do? It's normal to spread your hands. We talked about the fingers. We talked about um, red, yellow, green, just to make sure that we are cool. But he's not going to use them. I know. He's not going to use them. So driving in to that scene, it was really kind of funny. I was listening to Pitbull's Green Light. Right? So every time I hear that song now, my memory flashes back to this night. Completely love it. Anytime it's on, I'm like, okay. So, yeah, if I'm fan of myself, I'm not sure if it's hot flashes or the memory. So I'm gonna let you just figure it out yourself. So, I know I've got five planned, right? So I'm warming them up, and in the interludes to kind of slow things down, create the sensual. I know I went through nail scratching, biting. A nice ices, icicles, no, ice packs, ice cubes, um, pinchers, uh, clothespins. There you go. In various places to break up the monotony of just getting his body beat. He also had one of the stingy little things. And I'm like, well, you use it on other people, so you should know what it feels like, right? But then I go back to my favorite because it's nice and heavy and just you melt. So I am at five, session five and I know in my mind, in my plan, that I am so ready to move on to the next thing and I'm like just dying, dying and all of a sudden he does this little, I was like that's it, I, the, the flogger was out of my hand, it dropped to the floor and I had to kiss him. And his kisses were the world dissolves around you kind of kisses. The ones that you read about, oh, they're worthy to be written about. <laughs> Afterwards, when we talked about during the aftercare what worked, what didn't, he said the sexiest thing ever was when the flogger hit the floor. <laughs> right? So positive in my mind, positive in his mind. We're good to go. All right, so he's still blindfolded. We move from that scene what's ready to be rewarded, right? He took it like a champ. I can't complain at all. He's still blindfolded. I bring him over to a bench or no, a bar stool that has a back that's a little higher. And I tie him to it because he can't get away just yet. So I'm going through his toys and he's got a pump and we've got vibrators and I start going to town because this is a different thing for me to understand that typically when men are getting beat, the blood is not down there. It's in their back or their butt or wherever they're getting hit. Down where? Down in their dick or cock or penis, whatever you want to call it. So down there. And so we had to like revive and redirect the energy of where it needs to go so we can move on with this. So we get things moving, and I was like, okay. Now to shake it up a little bit, I put something in his mouth. 
And of course, later on, he tells me he is thinking that when I tell him to open up, it's going to be a butt plug. It's not because I'm nice. It is a chocolate truffle because that's what I would want. I mean, I would want something that rewards me that I'm being a good sub, right? So I'm that kind of person. So the chocolate truffle just totally is like, what? Like you're not punishing me more? But I did. I tilted him backwards that the couch was behind him and totally threw him off. He was like, this is the most disorienting thing not to be up where he thought he should be. So then, of course, I'm ready to get it on, man. Like, I'm tired of all this buildup. And so I straddle him, and we're going, and he is begging, begging. He's like, please untie me. Please let me take control, please. And I'm like, yeah, because that's the day that I learned you can talk from the bottom. In this next story, Jeff goes in his way back machine to talk about familial expectations and their mishaps. So, yeah, I was expressing these nerves to my friend Grant, and he was like, oh man, you got this, you're a writer. And I was like, oh, you mean those people who communicate alone in a room where you can edit shit, and then when it's absorbed, I'm nowhere to be found? There's a reason I do that shit. Uh, but I'm going to try and do something else. So, I was gonna tell you. Oh, thank you. I was gonna tell you about uh, the first time I hooked up with a guy, but then I, I realized I don't have consent to tell that story. And I know there's less. There's there's well, I, we'll get why that won't work in a minute. Damn. Okay. All right. This story I'm gonna tell you has less sex, but blood. So it's. Pluses and minuses to everything. So, uh, yeah, so I was over there, uh, like, all right, well, as long as I can get consent, I can tell this story. So I was, I was texting on, which is a weird subset of sexting I've never done before. <laughs> I've sexted, not to brag, but, uh, but not in that way. And I was like, um, I know we haven't talked in a few months, but uh, how do you feel about me just, like, telling people about the time we hooked up? Probably about 30 people here. Uh, I think I'm not great at estimating crowd size. I was an English major. But about 30 people. And uh, I know you're like, you're like kind of famous now, and I'm not entirely sure if you're out of the closet, but like, uh, would you mind? And also the way that I need to tell this story is going to be kind of revealing as to it's going to be Googleable. the only way to tell this story in an interesting way. There aren't many people that do what you do. And uh, he didn't respond yet, so it's going to be really weird to come back to those text messages uh, if he does respond. But uh, instead, I'll tell you a story about when I was 12 years old and I went ice skating with my family. And uh, I know that's a very different story. Uh, but tell the Drake, tell the Drake story. Yeah, it's Donald Glover. So, my mom was a figure skater, 
My mom was a figure skater in college, and I, I had only been skating like once or twice before, so I didn't really know how to skate. But we all went, we all went to this uh, ice rink, and we, we went skating. What's that? East No, it was not Racer, but let's pretend it was East It's much more relatable. So I was at Eastland Mall, and we were figure skating. All of us, all of us as Charlotteans. Uh, and you know, I'm managing it well enough, but I don't know how to fucking skate. You know, but my mom apparently thinks that like. Well, I know how to do it. Like, it must be genetic. It's not genetic. You have to actually learn how to do a skill. It's not just like pass down. So after long enough of us skating, she figures now we can do some tricky shit. And we all, we're holding hands in a line, and I'm at the end of the line. And she's like, we're going we're gonna to whip it. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're going to whip it. I, I still know what you're talking about. You know, we hold hands, and then we just let go one at a time, and you just... You just, you just skate away from all of the other people. You know how to do that, right? I'm like, I have no idea. We're doing it too, too late. We're in it now. So, so I'm just, I, I let go of my sister's hand, and I try to skate away. And instead, I fall onto the ice. Highly predictable to anyone who doesn't know that you don't just pass down skills genetically like this. So I fall, and then my sister skates over this general area, oh. and I'm wearing wing pants, which aren't terribly protective. To be fair, I did not know I would need to protect this area while figure skating. We'll get there. Your participation is helping me get over my nerves, though, so thank you. I, <laughs> I feel an immense amount of pain and look down and all I see is a, is a tear and blood. And pain. And, <laughs> yeah. And so... I'm having visions of Ken dolls. You know. I'm 12, my, my sex life hasn't begun and now it's over. I just start fucking screaming bloody murder. Everyone's staring at me, understandably, there's blood and someone's screaming. You're gonna stare, it's way more interesting than anything else going on. So my dad takes me to the bathroom and is trying to console me and, and, and I get into the bathroom stall and I'm just like, please, God, please. Oh, please, for the love of God. I don't care how bad this is, just please have missed. And, and I pull down my pants, and it, it is missed by, like, the narrowest of margins. And I've never been so happy to be just, just so, so injured in my fucking life. And I probably could have been a great soprano singer, but I've got no regrets. And that's my story. next story, Freya ventures outside of her comfort zone in the search of healing and maybe a little bit more. Hey, Mike. Are you Mike? 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 Are you Mike?
not tall enough for that one. So, hi, I'm Freya. Um, you know, unlike some other stories earlier, I do fuck on the first date. <laughs> Which is a lot about what this story's about. So, you know, you start to think, think that you have yourself figured out at certain points in your life. That light was way too bright for me. Yeah, yeah starting to overstimulate me. Couldn't use my words anymore for a minute. Sorry. And you're like, yeah, this is what I am. And I figured out from a young age, I'm like, I'm a fucking dominant. I talked to my fucking high school sweetheart and let me peg him when I was 16. I'm like, yeah, that's what I am. I'm just thinking where my dick, right? <laughs> that's been in my head all night, by the way. Um, and that's pretty much how, like, my teenage years and my early 20s, like, and even, you know, later on in my life played out once polyamory became a thing that I knew was an option. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then you get to a certain point in your life, a couple years ago, where I'm like, yeah, I've always dominant. That's what I am. That's that's the role that, that feels right for me. And a fucked up relationship with men. And then I lost my father to cancer. Now, my stepdad, but that's my fucking dad. My real dad's not my dad. Um, lost him to cancer. Went through a divorce of it was like this fucking toxic ass relationship for 15 years and came out of it and somehow the universe blessed me with my beautiful wife Gaia. We came back from that trip and that uh, little waterfall experience and that's when I told uh, my now ex-husband to get the fuck out of my house and I was done and um, I wasn't going to be abused anymore and. It was over. And um, her and I got married last September. So, rewind a little bit, about two, two and a half years ago, um, realized that I have a really fucked up relationship with men and it's something I need to work on. I have a fucked up relationship with control and I needed to learn how to let go and how to start to trust. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna fuck around and find out and try to be a submissive and see what happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I start going back through like dudes who like like my pictures on FET. Because the ones who message you, you know aren't worth a fucking shit. Like, dudes in this room, if you message a woman, take a fucking minute to read our profiles. God bless Look it. at something about us. Five seconds. Don't copy paste it. Five fucking seconds to skim the shit and be like, hey, you mentioned this. This is a common interest. Just something so we know that you're not like. It's like, it's, the bar is literally <laughs> way the fuck down here. <laughs> so anyways, I skipped over those dudes. I was going back to guys who like respectively liked a picture but never fucking were like, yeah, I want to stick my dick in you. Or fucking said anything gross on them and I just like liked a couple of them and just moved on along their business, you know? Like, respectful people do on fat. And this one dude kind of stuck out because he had a funny-ass name. And it, it made me kind of chuckle. He also had a couple dick pics up, and it was nice. And my husband's was not. So I was like, hey, you know, that looks like a difference. Because, of course, my husband had the one penis policy bullshit going on, too. So it had been a minute. And um, I reached out, and we talked for a couple weeks and decided to meet up. We, uh, we met at the Brooks Pizza because we're super fancy. And went in and 
immediately saw that he had really nice eyes. There was definitely something about his eyes that pulled me in. The date went really well. We had dinner. We had a couple drinks. The conversation was going well. We step outside into the porch. And it's fucking like November. It's cold. And we're like going in for a little hug and start kissing. And at this point, we've been talking for three weeks. We both know we're degenerates. <laughs> we came off the bat like, this isn't a romantic thing. I want to fuck and I want to like do a dynamic. And that's all I want. Like we're going to hang out maybe twice a month. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to do this dynamic thing, we're going to fuck, and then that's it. We can be friends, that's cool, but we're not going to be hanging out all the time and doing all the shit. Like, that's not what I want. I have my romantic relationship. We were both very upfront with each other. There was no bullshitting from the get-go. Um, so we're out on the porch, and he starts kissing me, and I've got my hands down his pants because I'm a fucking slut, and I want to see if the picture <laughs> there, and it does. And, um... We come back in from the porch, and I go into the bathroom, and I text my wife. I'm like, I'm probably going to go to this guy a blowjob in the parking lot, just so you know. And she's no, like, she said, I really want to suck his dick. Yeah. <laughs> Something along those lines. I was, I was maybe feeling a little horny at the time. So I then shared that information with him and was like, hey, if you're feeling up to it, kind of want to suck your dick before we end this night. So we go out to his car, and he's got a Honda Accord, so it's not like it's a big car. Neither one of us are, like, itty-bitty. Of course, I was, like, maybe 20, 30 pounds thinner then. COVID kind of fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> so we go in the car, and he's in the driver's seat, and I'm in the passenger seat, and I suck his dick, and he comes, and I'm thinking, we're done, you know. And I'm like, hey, I got the fucking prize, and we're good. And, and then he's like, get in the back seat. Oh, excuse me, sir. <laughs> There's a round two. <laughs> I, I, I've been married to a man for 15 years. I didn't know there was such a fucking thing as round two. <laughs> no. We got in this back seat of this fucking Honda Accord, and there's like this little part in the middle, like, oops, I'm gonna break some shit. Where like you're, it's supposed to be an armrest, it's middle console, but like it moves on this one for some reason. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You're doing the motion, you know it. You've used it before, right? right? That's his joke, right? <laughs> so he's got me on this thing. I know I'm gonna hurry up, and it's like he's in the back seat, but he's got me like laying on my back on this thing, and I'm like on my back, and then I'm on my front, and I'm fucking he, <sighs> y'all. He drove home with soaking wet fucking pants that night. I drove home like, um, fuck, shit. We fucked around for a few months after that. We're like, tried to keep it casual. Uh, don't know, but following May, maybe the L-bomb got dropped. Um, we've been together about two and a half years now. I'm madly fucking in love with him. My first experience with submission is the only man I'll ever kneel for. Um, it's a pretty fucking great thing. When you think that you are one thing and you find out that you can be more than one thing at once. Wrapping up this episode, Andrew tells a story about how he gets a little handsy. Or hmm, maybe a little So, okay, I told this story um, last time I was here, which was like before the whole world ended, so I don't think any of y'all actually heard that, so, eh, okay. 
So, um, I'm in the feed. I'm not always in the feed, but sometimes I'm in the feed. Yeah, yeah, y'all get it. Um, so, uh, this must have been like four, five, six years ago. I don't even remember. Um, I was living in Charlotte at the time, and we had an apartment, and uh, we had, I was with my now wife, uh, and we had our friend Ace over. Um, and uh, we were just hanging out, you know, having some drinks, watching like cartoons or something, probably Archer, maybe Jackie Chan Adventures, I don't really remember. But, uh, you can heck all you want, I can't hear you. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we, uh, uh, so uh, my wife uh, starts, uh, she uh, starts uh, putting her foot up against my Crocs, you know, just a little, you know, on the side, you know. You know, our friend's not paying attention. He has no idea. And, was, and, and you know, it's, it's like that for about, you know, like 15, 10 or 15 minutes. You know, she's kind of teasing me. I'm getting kind of hot, you know. And I'm like, uh, you know, maybe we need to uh, kind of squirrel something in the, in the bedroom and uh, take care of this. Uh, and uh, so, uh, and, you, know, I, you know, like we're, we're literally on our phones. Like, you know, it's like, hey, hey, can we just like, can, can, can we sneak away for like a real quick minute? Um, so we do. We sneak away, and uh, she she gives unto me uh, a, a wonderful my first foot job, and uh, you know I don't have to go into details about that. Y'all know how that goes, probably. Uh, it went great. Uh, I did come onto her foot, which is great for me until. So uh, we, we had a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is already going in bad places. So we had a cat, and he was in the room. And my poor partner, my poor wife, she uh, goes to roll and uh, get off the bed and try to find a way to clean herself up. And she stepped on the cat with that foot. Yeah. And the cat ran away into the into the living room where our friend was. No way! Don't pet him. <laughs> that uh, yeah. I hope he didn't. I don't remember. We managed to clean him up. That's all I have. Thank you. This episode of Four Play Goes South podcast was recorded and produced by event host and podcast creator Metanar. These stories are recorded live every third Tuesday of the month at Petra's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Come check out the next live event at Petra's on May 17th. You could win a pair of tickets to the upcoming Flamingo Review comic strips burlesque show at the visualite on june 18th want to learn more about foreplay go south check us out on any of our socials that's at foreplay gs on instagram facebook fetlife and tiktok Three, four.